Welcome to Dine with the Divine. I'm your host, Ashley, and together we'll talk about the mystical, the magical, and everything in between. So on today's tarot, today's tarot, today's episode, we're going to talk about tarot, and then we're also going to tell a story of a really cool bisexual baddie. So welcome, everybody. So excited for another week. I hope everybody's having a great week, and if you're not, I hope your week gets better. And today we have a really fantastic guest. It's one of those people that you see on the internet, and you're like, I don't know this person, but I want to know this person because they're very cool. So we have... Lex Richie. Am I saying your last name right? Yeah. Okay. Richie. They are a facilitator of liminal experience is through folk magic, spirit work, and tarot. They help spiritual rebels, academic witches, and mystical revolutionaries go beyond the conventional, learn to trust their own intuition, and make their own path through the magical realm. Through divination, meditation, and education. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it all sounds so good together. It is their mission to help folks connect to their own wisdom and learn to be in conversation with the beyond so that they can be their own guides to mystical exploration. Hi, Lex. How are you? Hi, I'm doing well. I've planted my garden. I went for a walk. It's been a, it's been a good day of connecting awesome. to nature. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it should be mandatory for everybody to like a lot of people are so inside all day because of work and things like everyone has to go outside for an hour. Like, you know, hopefully the weather depending and just give yourself a minute. (laughs) Yeah. We all need a minute. Yeah, really. Like, I just I'm so grateful because I'm chronically ill. So I haven't always been able to like spend so much time outside. And like Mm. now that I'm no longer like in a flare and I have more energy it's like oh my god I I love this this oh oh, I'm so glad to hear that (laughs) that you're having such a good day okay so I want to talk about you and I want to know how did you first get into and we're going to talk a lot about tarot later so obviously this is part of your story but how did you get into tarot and all this stuff folk magic how how did it all start for you yeah so I can't tell this story without being like, I learned tarot as a 12-year-old, like as a kid, and I grew up in an Italian-American community where there was a lot of superstition and folk magic was around growing up. Mm -hmm. But that also makes me sound like, I've been like practicing this forever and I'm like a hereditary witch. That's not what this is either. So like these these were things that were around, but it was all very hush-hush and very much like the older generation who like believed in this stuff or knew these things didn't necessarily like really want to pass it down like there was a big focus on like assimilating into like the modern world and so i saw those things but i didn't necessarily like learn them as a kid and also as a kid i was very contrarian and so i I was an atheist child. I was I was not brought up in a in a religion. My my I was not baptized as a kid. Like mm-hmm. my parents were very big on like figure it out, explore, mm-hmm. and you know f- make your own decisions. And so I was allowed to go to church. We didn't go to church as a family, mm-hmm. uh, but like going to vacation Bible school and stuff. And so like, but I didn't. Be- I chose very early on. Was like I don't I don't know about all this. I'm- <laughs> I'm a skeptical child. <laughs> Which is good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't until I was in graduate school studying engineering and I was like burnt the fuck out. I'm mm. like, this is not, I did all the things. It's not working. Mm. What, <laughs> what is there? You know? So like in the same way that when I was a kid, I got to experiment and be like, this thing that everybody else believes, like, actually no thank you then when i was in grad school studying science i was like this thing that everyone thinks is is bullshit i'm gonna try that <laughs> um, and but it was also like this really nice like f- kind of full circle moment of like when i i grew up in like this small town working class community and in grad school i was in a very affluent area very far from where i grew up and it was very much like i I'm choosing these things over this thing that I was told I wanted. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mm. Oh my gosh. So that's the thing. When I went to college, I I went away and I kind of grew up in like a very middle to lower class area. And so when I left and went to college, 
everybody I met, like their parents were like sending them money. And I was like, your parents send you money? Like, no, like, I was like, how? Like my, like, <laughs> I was like, like I was the only one who had a job. Like everyone else was just like, so I, it was like so weird. And I think I kind of, I, I feel like I have similarities to your story. When I was growing up, like we had a lot of mystical stuff like my parents talk about or especially my dad but it was kind of like yeah but it's bullshit and I was like yeah but you're telling me all these stories and all these things happen to you so it can't really be bullshit whatever so yeah. then <laughs> yeah and then I like went through all this stuff and then I went to school and I went away to school and I was away from like everything I I wasn't even that far like I'm not gonna act like I went across country I was an hour away from my home but I was not with my regular people you know I was with these people who were very kind and nice but like all like their families were like way better off than mine and I felt weird and I went through like I went to like a bad place like of depression and stuff but when I came out of it I was like nah there's something going on and it's weird I like had a weird relationship with everything when I was younger but I got like really into it when I came out because I was like I don't know like you said it's like I'm doing everything they told me to do and I don't feel good (laughs) I must fix this (laughs) yeah 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 it's sort of like there's this Oh, now I'm blanking on the song, but there's this Tom Waits song about how you don't, n- you never see the sunrise until something. But it's like, it's this, it's this emotion. I'm, I get I'll it. Have, yes. Yeah. It's this feeling of you, you can't appreciate where you've been until you leave. Yeah. And, and yeah. And it was really like, it really pushed me to like hone my values and think like, what actually do I want? Because... Mm-hmm. And that that's something that's really big for me in my magical work is like values, Mm -hmm. because like, in my opinion, like you better believe that like Christians, like like powerful Christian people are using magic. They might not call it that. Hello. Uh, But like, like, yeah. And so magic itself is is like magic is a technology Mm -hmm. and it is neutral. All, like all technologies are like creations they're neutral and so you need the values with you pursuing magic or spirituality without like your own personal values to ground it mm-hmm. that can get messy and and lead you into dangerous you know conservative and or fascist territory real fast oh my gosh that's so that's so true. And first of all, I love that you said like magic's like a technology. First of all, I love your science brain. I see it and it's so cool. I just, my best friend is an engineer too. And he says stuff to me, like in school, I, he used to do some of my homework cause I can't do math. So, <laughs> but he would like tell me that stuff. And I just like, I'm just, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't understand it, but I'm just in awe of how all you science people, your mind works. It's so cool. So <laughs> I just want to say that. <laughs> but you're so right. It's neutral. It is a thing. Magic is just this thing that we can bend and mold. And I read a long time ago when I was having a like my magical experiences, but then also, you know, people in my family being like, oh God, she's gonna go to hell. So I had this thing. <laughs> but I remember reading spells are just like prayers. It's the same thing. Like, it's just use props sometimes or herbs or whatever. But people use herbs when they do prayers and Christians and they use wine and they drink, you know, imaginary blood. Come on now. Yeah. Like- yeah. I mean, like, as as somebody who is, who has a full Catholic practice, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, my, my family background, I'm Italian-American. Like, broader family is Catholic. I, ha- I have a full Catholic practice. I don't believe in, in the Christian God. Mm-hmm. But, like, Praying the rosary still works. I'm saying. Like, like yes. <laughs> I was talking the other day because, like, so I, my, my mom's Sunday Adventist, so, like, but she just kind of is Christian now because there was a lot of rules. So then my dad, <laughs> but my dad is Catholic and I used to go to church with him and I got baptized and all that kind of stuff when I was going through. I was like, I need this. So anyway, it's fine. I love Jesus. We're cool. But. I remember I went to this retreat because one of my best friends, she's pretty Catholic. She's like a seven on the Catholic scale, I always say. She's very liberal, though. So I love her. Love you so much. Anyway, so we went to this like youth thing when we were teenagers and we prayed the rosary. First of all, it took so long. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) 
I don't even think we stayed. Did for you the do whole like all like the 150 repetitions or whatever? Something yeah. like we got like halfway through it, and I looked at her. I was like, "We gotta go." <laughs> 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 like, we were literally like on our knees. Like I'm like 14 years old, and I'm like, "Bro, my knees." <laughs> She's like, "I know, I know. We gotta, we gotta get out of here." So we did. But like, but all those prayers and different things. Those are special and they invoke something and that's why you have prayers for certain things like you pray to this or you make this certain prayer when you're looking for something people who want to get pregnant say this certain prayer when they're trying to get pregnant all different kinds of stuff so it's like the same thing and like you're saying without those values a man like magic itself like you said about the neutrality it's like it's all about intention so if you have intentions that are quote-unquote good or positive or whatever word you want to use if everything will be okay but when you start using it to say well i'm better than somebody or this is the way and this is then like you said weird stuff starts to happen and i've recently gotten into this like i know it's not necessarily magical but like crunchy to like what do you call it just like a alt-right pipeline thing that i've been investigating a lot about yeah. Yeah. yeah and that is what i'm like i didn't think about it before and then i watched like seven tiktok videos and i was like oh my god <laughs> yeah and i mean i'm i'm sort of in the middle of like a big research project on mm-hmm. this I, oh, okay. so this is like my pet interest not specifically the new age to alt-right pipeline but mm-hmm. like the fact that the new age to alt-right pipeline is not new it's mm. not something that we should be like Oh my gosh, this is a weird modern phenomenon. Like, the, so the New Age is like rooted in like Helena Blavatsky, right? Helena mm-hmm. Blavatsky, her whole belief system operated around like the Great White Brotherhood and the idea yeah. of like race memory and like one race is meant to help bring all the other races to transcendence. Like, if this sounds like weird eugenic spirituality, that's because it is. And then and yes. then people more racist than Helena Blavatsky within her own organization, like created splinter organizations that collaborated with the Nazis. Like yes, this I is, just found this out recently too. Yeah, yeah. So not new things. Mm-hmm. We should not be surprised that this is a modern phenomenon. And like I don't consider myself particularly new agey Mm -hmm. but the new age was so big and like it's because of the new age that we can have the modern spirituality movement and so i think like regardless of whether or not you're a new ager like this is our responsibility to grapple with yes yeah 100 even stuff like I think about a lot and like I know everybody has different views on this so I'm not trying to be like controversial or anything but like yoga and just like the practice and how it's kind of I don't want to sound rude but like how it's kind of been copted by like these very like conservative white women you know and it's like now it's like these are the people who you go to for yoga and I'm like really like because I thought this was from India I don't know (laughs) you know but it's just so weird to me that I'm like are we never going to ever talk about that ever again? We're just going to act. Okay, I guess I'll just shut up. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's, there's certain things. It's like, I guess sometimes like people have just accepted like, oh, well, this is just now. And I'm like, I don't know, guys. I, I don't I don't think it is. <laughs> I think there's a lot more to it. Yeah, but. yeah. Like if this has been going on for so long, like how it just is how it is. We can't reckon with this. Like, no, actually we can and we should. Like, yeah. We should have maybe one conversation about it at some point. <laughs> so funny well that was cool and i wanted so the next thing i kind of wanted to get into with you hold on let me look at what i wrote down so that i don't get mixed up because i will oh okay the next thing we're going to talk about is our dish of the week that's what we'll do so (laughs) you are from like the midwest correct Mm -hmm. okay so i picked a midwestern dish and that's what we're going to talk about all right (laughs) I found about out about something called Skyline Chili. Have you heard of Skyline yes, Chili? Yes, <laughs> Skyline. That's like specifically an Ohio thing too. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what this is. So <laughs> it's apparently served with spaghetti noodles. I said, that's cool. <laughs> and it comes from like, I guess there is a restaurant in Cincinnati 
called Skyling Chili, and they serve like the people I think who run the restaurant have, have a Greek background, so they make this chili that's more like. Let me see. I think they said it's a little bit like savory. Yeah, it's kind of like a. It's not undifferent from like. If you had a really, really meaty, like red sauce, okay, but it's like, it's got the body of like a red sauce, mm-hmm. but then, it's a chili. Okay. It's not. It doesn't have like the flavoring profile is different. Okay, got yeah. it. Yes, it says here the ingredients include ground beef, minced garlic and chopped onions, beef stock, tomato sauce. Like you talk about tomato sauce, chili powder, apple cider vinegar, Worcestershire sauce unsweetened cocoa powder okay Mm. well at least in this recipe this might not be the original recipe and then they use well these it looks like it's optional but you can use cinnamon cumin allspice cloves cayenne pepper and some salt obviously gotta use some salt and you can put this on a hot dog it sounds like you can put this is all sorts of different ways that you can put according to this recipe and I'll, i'll post this in the show notes so if people want to try to make it go ahead it sounds sounds interesting i'll yeah. definitely try that one yeah day. and if you get the if you get the actual skyline chili you can get just like you can get it with like a whole bunch of cheese on top and like mm. a bunch of add-ons and stuff it's i didn't so i grew up on the eastern side of the state of ohio we don't have skylines on that side of the state mm-hmm. so it wasn't until i moved out to the western part of the state to go to college that i did like learned about skyline mm. and i was also like ew what the fuck but it's actually <laughs> like not it's you know like because if you if you've ever had like chili with rice mm-hmm. same idea okay. but spaghetti <laughs> that's fine it's weird but like it's a meal. It's and it's fine. It tastes fine. Yeah, it's like okay. It's just a different way to eat it. Look, it's not yeah. a problem. Look, we are all accepting here. We, we try different <laughs> things all the time. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're having for our entree. And then for dessert, we have something called Buckeyes. These oh, are yeah. like peanut butter covered in chocolate. Mm-hmm. Very simple. We don't have to go over a recipe. Just roll up little balls, dip them in chocolate. Delicious. Yes, it's, it looks pretty good. So, yeah, that's our dish of the week. I love it. It sounds very exciting. Everyone should try it. I'll put some links so you can. And if you enjoy the show, you can follow me here on socials. I'm Dine with the Divine on Instagram and Dine with the Divine on Facebook. And if you really like the show, you can pause now and then you can like it, put five stars. You could even put a little review if you like. And you can follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever platform you like. And if you have any questions, comments, episode suggestions, you can always email me at dinewiththedivinepod at gmail.com. Okay, that's it. So now we're going to get back to what we're talking and talk to Lex some more. Anyway, so you, the other day, I know, I think it was Monday, you have a class that you're teaching about tarot and gender, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, love it. Because, and I was thinking, because I was watching a lot of your Instagram videos and stuff. And I was thinking to myself, because you talk about how it really can open things up when you kind of take gender out of it and kind of read in a non-binary way. Mm -hmm. And I was really thinking to myself, when I started learning, I read from a book, it was like, tarot made easy. And I read all the things and everything. And I, when I got started to get older and like better in my practice, I think it was, and I'm not actually sure if this is true, but I think it, it was in 78 Degrees of Wisdom that I read by Rachel Pollack. By the way, Rachel Pollock recently passed away and she was super sweet. I actually met her once. She told really good jokes. They were dirty jokes and they were very funny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, She's a very nice person and rest in power, Rachel Pollock. But I think in there, she wrote about instead of looking at like the court cards as levels of like the king, the queen, blah, blah, blah. Looking at them as levels of mastery instead. That's Mm. one way. There's multiple different ways to do it. But I realized that when I started doing that and when I the gendered cards in the tarot, when I started looking at them for just the quality of it, it like you said, it really did make my readings better because I don't have to sit here and be like, oh, okay, this is about a guy who maybe has black hair. I don't know. Like that. First of all, it doesn't make sense. What am I talking about? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so I've come around to this, right? Like. 
and talking to like my grandma and like some older people who read tarot in that way or who like expect tarot to be read in that way mm-hmm. and like i get it on one level of like in terms of like if the local cops have it out for you mm-hmm. or like if your boss is like hates italian people or like you know whatever you know, minority ethnic group you may come from like mm-hmm. those are important things mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know like th- so i see that and also like it's not i would like to ideally use tarot as a tool to like for self-empowerment and to like take as much power back as i can from these systems of oppression Mm -hmm. and yeah that's those things aren't compatible necessarily so like i get it and also i i prefer to read differently you know so yes and I was thinking about it, too, because I was like certain cultures. And when I think of it, I think of like Romani people mm-hmm. read tarot in a fortune telling style. So in that case, they may use, you know, gender for a specific reason. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 And I think it's not even like and in my workshop, I went a little bit more into this. But like that, that like reading tarot in like a non-gender specific way and a gender inclusive way is a gateway into like viewing tarot as a or gender in tarot as like a larger symbol Mm -hmm. it's not just like the queens and the empress and any like the nine of pentacles any like card that displays a character who's like pretty female looking Mm -hmm. like that's an image of the divine feminine it's like like no like the Mm -hmm. the king of pentacles is a femme man and mm-hmm. the queen of pentacles is like just every femme who has ever femmed like <laughs> a- every single one of them collectively together and like the force of i don't know all the their long like lacquered fingernails you know yeah. and so it's like there's there's this like there's so many more ways we can read gender into the tarot but i but and like for me And I think what has, like, I think that, like, taking a step back from this, like, binary gendered system, because gender is so rigid in our society. Yeah. It's so rigid. And you have to take that step back and start, like, what if I didn't use gender at all? Mm -hmm. And then you're like, okay, now I can see how this becomes an important symbol. This is, it's like that thing. You have to leave home Mm -hmm. in order to appreciate what the... (laughs) (laughs) And I, I, I love that because there's so many things when especially I think when people learn the tarot at the beginning, like a lot of us read books or you go on the Internet and you're like, oh, this means this and blah, blah, blah. But what you're saying is such a, a good way, like you said, to open things up because it's like you build a house and then you're like, OK, this is where everything should do. But it's like if you just bring down the house, you could do whatever you want when you put it back up, because now you've learned how to deconstruct that. Yep. And you're like, wait, I could build a house. Maybe I could build it different if I want. And yeah. I see the bigger, like you're saying, the bigger picture around certain things. And like, <laughs> you said the, <laughs> the most femme that ever found. That was funny. But like, <laughs> and I, and so funny, because I'm thinking when you were saying that, I was like, yeah. And I always think of the Queen of Swords. It's like, I always thought of the Queen of Swords as like a, a femme dominatrix, but also they're probably non-binary because they're like, whatever. <laughs> they're like, I just want to be who I want to be. Like, like, my my gender is a secret. You don't get to know that. Like, yes. <laughs> Somebody's like, where are you? They're like, it's not your business, so shut up. I am who I am. And they're like, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> That's definitely like, they don't want to be bothered. And I, I think it just, me, and it also makes it more, First of all, it makes it more fun just to think of all the things you just said. It makes it more, way more fun. And also <laughs> using it as a tool because that's how like I think a lot of people use it more now than maybe in the past for self-empowerment and to like advice, you know, mm-hmm. it makes way more sense when you use it kind of outside of gender binaries because it's just like, well, this is the king of wands. This is what this this energy exudes. And it's like, okay, you aren't 
sitting there thinking, well, this is a man and men are like this. So this must, no, no, no. It's just take the feeling of what it is and then apply that to whatever is going on. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And that's like basically like, that is, that's how you read. Like if you're ever like, how do I read tarot for like my business? It's like, Mm -hmm. take the energy and like, think about how that energy manifests in your business or could manifest in your business or yeah like how what what are the expressions of this collection of energies that are like embodied in this card Mm -hmm. and yeah it's like that how it's a it's a what's the word that is a like kind of general purpose standard operating procedure for like tarot interpretation yeah sciencey that's like that's kind of like how i like what are what are my procedures like that's like what i'm teaching i'm like what that are preparing to teach I'm like what are what what's my like standard operating procedure that like I've built because mm-hmm. that's what it's not the inter- interpretations that I want to teach I'm like I sometimes you know sometimes I teach those too because it's it's good and it's interesting and like people want to know those things mm-hmm. but what I really want to teach is like here is the procedure that will that you need to know so that you can figure this out yourself yeah that I love that because that's I I haven't done it in a while, but I used to teach like an intuitive tarot, and I realized too when I'm watching your videos, I don't even teach about really I I'm gonna get this out right now. I don't like talking about court cards; it stress me out. They just in general, <laughs> court cards are annoying because they just come up and like I think from what I learned in the beginning, I can't get out of my head that it's like this is a person. This has to, you know, and I can't like remove it and it's very annoying. So when I even try to teach other people, I get stressed. So I like the rest of the cards instead. And I like, I try to teach about like numerology behind it, the symbolism in the actual card instead of, you know, anything else, because all that stuff makes it easier to read it intuitively. Like, yeah, cause you, you know, because you think about, OK, well, this is a number of this. And what does that make me feel? Or what do I think of when I think like two what do people think when they think two they think two things and they're probably together okay this card and this is the two of cups the easiest card these two people maybe they're gonna make out okay people <laughs> two of cups are people who like to make out i don't know you know what i mean like yeah 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 i the way i when i like teach my big tarot class i kind of i think about tarot as like a valley that has like a bunch of little like natural wells right Mm. like little divots in the ground that collect rainwater and then like each card you go up to the card the the well and you look in it and you're like scrying at the surface of it and like whatever meaning like that comes up to the surface that's that's the meaning that that card means today right like these are the each drop of water in this well is a potential meaning of that card you know mm-hmm. and and just because the whatever the book says the whatever the book says is in that well mm-hmm. but it's not the end all be all of what makes up that well yeah yeah yes man you're really coming at me with some good stuff <laughs> <laughs> oh man your brain is great good job yeah. you're doing a great job <laughs> like, <laughs> like, i just want you to know that you're doing great <laughs> you hear that kitten i'm doing great she's meowing at me because she's like you don't normally work now stop working <laughs> oh my god i have like so i know you knit too right or you mm-hmm. crochet i, I knit okay I learned to knit a couple of years ago. I was forced by my knitting group who they all made these cool things. And you know, when you crochet, you use a lot more yarn than knitting. So they would make all these cool things. I was like, I want to do that. So then I started knitting. But the only problem I have with knitting is it takes so long. Yeah, um, that's the trade-off. It's like you use less yarn, yeah. <laughs> but it takes way longer. Yeah, it yeah. takes so long. I was like, I can crochet a baby hat in two hours. But if I have to knit a baby hat, three days later, I'm like, I'm done with this baby hat. This baby's never getting this hat. I'm so, I'm so for this. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a decently fast knitter. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm on the, like, maybe high side of the average. And, like, mm-hmm. that's, that's a weakish project for me. Yeah. yeah. Like, knitting a baby hat in two hours, that's not, that's never going to happen. Hey, hey, kitten. 
Yeah. She doesn't she doesn't like cameras though, so she's probably gonna stay on the floor. That's she's, fine. She's so skeptical of cameras. It's <laughs> it's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> I if any I just said aw, and if anybody in my knitting group heard me, they'd be like, You're a liar. Because I always talk about they all have cats except me, and I'm like, You guys are your cats. I can't stay a cat. I've only ever liked one cat in my whole life. My ex-partner's roommate's cat. Name was Phoenix. And like cats really like boxes and stuff. Mm. One day we bought a box because his apartment had no fans. So he was in there all night. Phoenix would sleep between. Like Phoenix was great. But other than that, I'm afraid of cats. I'm allergic to some of them too. So I've almost like had anaphylactic reactions. So that's not great. I'm like also every cat I ever meet, they're always just staring. Like from a from a from a stare, they're always just looking at them. Like, what's the problem? <laughs> oh, they're little creeps. Yeah, <laughs> there's so much. I'm like, can you guys calm down? God. <laughs> oh God. Okay, so now we don't have to talk about cats anymore. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I, I appreciate cats as like Saturnian beings. I think I like cats a lot more now that I've been through my Saturn return mm. than I did before. And we got Corey like at the very like tail end of my Saturn return. So okay. like, yeah, it was it was the right time for me to get a cat before then. I'm like, I always had cats around, but I was never like a cat person. Yeah. And now I'm like, OK, I can I get it. I get I get cats now. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I love it. Okay, so we talked about tarot, we talked about Buckeyes, and we talked about some interesting kind of spaghetti sauce, but it's chili. So now we're going to tell a story. Is that okay with you? We good? <laughs> we're going to tell a story about a bisexual baddie. And since it's 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 May, but I think this episode is going to be in Pride Month. So happy Pride, everybody. Yeah. Our first sto- yay. Our first story will be about this because I heard this story a long time ago and I was like, this is one of the most wildest, amazing stories. And I think, I don't know if it's in your profile or somewhere, but you were talking about like radical ancestors and queer ancestors. I'm like, this, yeah. this is a rebel, a radical and a queer woman who we stand for. <laughs> okay. Oh, you'll you'll I'm so I'm so intrigued. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's amazing. All right. So this there's this woman, okay, and her name is Julie de Jubinet. She's French, obviously. Oh, by the way, I don't speak French. I am not French, but I'll do my best. Her also her nickname was La Montpon. Okay, I'm probably saying that wrong, but it's okay. You can look it up yourself. I'll put links in the in the show notes. Anyway, let's start. So Julie, our friend, she was born in 1673, and her dad was the secretary to the Master of Horses for King Louis the Fourteenth, and he was also in charge of training all the pages in the castle. So all the pages who were learning to fight to eventually become knights and that kind of thing. Now, Julie's dad had a good job. It's 1673. It's probably one of the best jobs you can have other than probably like being a farmer or something. So the only problem was that Julie's dad loved alcoholic beverage a little too much. He was at the bars all the time. And he also loved sex workers. I mean, it's fine if he was paying them and everybody was consenting. It's fine. But I'm just saying this was what was going on. Now, her dad was like, Julie, listen, men out here are dogs including me <laughs> like, 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 and I want to teach you how to defend yourself against these crazy people so from the eight from when Julie was little he started teaching her how to fence and he also educated her since he could read and write obviously he was a secretary he started educating her just as well as the boys in the upper class were getting educated so she could read write. Julie was smart like she was smart as a whip so then she mastered basically being a swordsman or whatnot by the age of 12. She was amazing. So then, I don't know, we're not going to think too much about this because it'll make our brains hurt. But at the age of 14, she started becoming a mistress to her dad's boss. Kind of gross. Whatever. I don't know what was happening. I'm not going to say anything. It was 16, 1680s at this point. <laughs> so, so her dad's boss was like, Mr. DeJubinet. 
your daughter is wild. We got to do something about her. She's out here in the street. Julie was made for the streets and she didn't care. So he's like, we got to do something about this. So he's like, all right, this is what we're going to do. There's this other secretary who works in the castle. We're going to have Julie marry him. So Julie hears about this and she's like, absolutely not. I'm not doing that. I don't know who told you I was going to do that, but they were lying. So she got one of her other man friends and she's like, we running away. So her and this dude run away. And the way they started making money was that they were doing like sword fights in different towns and like putting on shows. And also Julie would sing because she was a really, really good singer. So then because her man friend had small dick energy, he got mad jealous. (laughs) He was like, he's like, you can't be my girlfriend and be better at fencing than me. And she's like, well, then screw you. I don't even want to talk to you anymore. So then she got rid of him. And then she's actually like, actually, I'm only dating women from now on because I'm actually tired of all this. Like, I'm not having any luck here. So I'm going with women. No problem. So then the thing is, too, everybody should know that Julie was cute. Like, everybody thought Julie was cute. So she got whatever she wanted and whomever she wanted. All right. Anyway, so she was dressing sometimes in a more feminine fashion, sometimes in a more masculine fashion. So one time she was walking down the street and some, (sighs) Julie's crazy. Some guy was like, you're a dude you're definitely a dude. And she's like, I'm not. And he's like, you are. And she's like, okay, hold on. And she ripped open her shirt. She's like, I'm not a dude. And he's like, (gasps) (laughs) Julie did not care. (laughs) She's like, leave me alone. I am who I am. Leave me alone. So anyway, so now Julie, iconic, iconic. (laughs) Julie is going around all these tiny French towns flirting with every young lady she meets. And I'm down. (laughs) Julie is for the streets. I love her so much. So she starts flirting this with one girl and the girl is into it. And she's like, she's fallen for Julie. Julie must have been a charmer. She's fallen for her, right? And her dad figures this out. And her dad's like, this is not cool. I'm sending you to a convent. So (laughs) the girl is like upset. And her dad sends her to live in this convent. So Julie was like, you know what? I'm just going to become a nun then and go (laughs) bang my girlfriend in this convent. (laughs) So she did. So she goes to this convent. They're banging, banging, banging all the time, having a great time. Then Julie's like, actually, I don't even want to be in this convent anymore. And this is weird too. But one of the older nuns died. So Julie took that nun's body, put it in her room, and then set her room on fire, and then set the convent on fire. And her and her girlfriend ran away. Julie is crazy. When I read this story, I was like, ma'am, what is going on? Just just... always doing the most. (laughs) Like, instead of being like, hey, girlfriend, let's run away. She's like, let's just burn down this whole building. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) Not just like, let me just set my room on fire. The whole thing needs to be on fire. (laughs) And we need to put a mysterious dead body in here. Like, what are you doing, Julie? (laughs) So, So... Julie decided, okay, I'm going to burn down this convent. So she did. And then her and her girlfriend ran away. But again, because Julie's for the streets, she broke up with her girlfriend like three months later. <laughs> she was like, I'm actually over you now. <laughs> okay. I need somebody who can keep up with me. Exactly. She's like, I burned down convents. You have to be crazy like me. And her girlfriend was like, I just wanted to bang you. I didn't know all this was going to happen. <laughs> this is too much. So... So by this time, oh, by the way, everybody, Julie is like 19 years old at this point. She's she's pretty young. So by this time now, Louis the 14th, the king of the whole country, that guy, he found out that Julie was doing this. And he's like, listen, Julie's dad, I like you and everything, but your daughter actually can't be out here burning down convents. <laughs> like, like, she's all right and everything, but this is crazy. Enemy of the state. I know, exactly. <laughs> she's an actual arsonist. <laughs> can't do this (laughs) so her dad was like please 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 don't put her in jail so the king's like because i like you so much i'm not gonna put julie in jail and actually i like i think you'll see later the king liked julie a lot he thought she was cool (laughs) but he's also like can you tell your daughter to calm down please so the dad's like fine 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 so at this point julie went back to paris because now she burned down a convent but the king forgave her so she could go back. Now it's fine. <laughs> so she's, she's back in Paris, tearing up the streets as usual. Now, because she was such a good singer, she also became an opera singer. 
So at this time, this is, I feel like, Phantom of the Opera days. I'm probably getting dates wrong, but, like, she's basically, like, a celebrity at this point. She was, like, she's, like, the Kim Kardashian of her day. Like, she's walking around. People want to see her, and people are constantly talking about her. And because Julie was out here banging anybody she wanted to, everybody was talking. And they had something to talk about, and they loved it. They're like, ooh. And, you know, all those women clutching their pearls, they were like, mm, Julie? Mm, I feel okay. like Paris court gossip just, like, God, there would have been so much. Oh, my God. Like, they were all whispering, and everyone's like, oh, my God, can you believe that Julie is banging girls? And everyone's like, I want to bang girls. Like, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> everyone's sexually pent up, but they're not really because they're all secretly doing it. But it's not a problem. <laughs> Julie's just doing it out in the open. She doesn't care, and that's why we love her. Julie didn't have a problem sleeping with who she wanted to sleep with. That was the other thing. She was just doing whatever she wanted, and we love it. So there's a couple instances also that happened to her in Paris that are pretty iconic. So another opera singer who was just like a notorious shit talker is always talking crap about people. But then he started talking about Julie and Julie had no time for this. So one day Julie heard him talking and she's like, oh, you want to buck up? Let's do it. So he's like, no, no, don't fight me. And she's like, let's fight. And he refused. So she just beat him up anyway. <laughs> she, she beat his ass. And then <laughs> later on, oh, and she took his snuff box and his watch. So later on in the week, she sees him all bruised up and he's telling his friends, oh yeah, I got attacked by a group of dudes. And she's like, oh really? <laughs> you got attacked? That's funny. Cause I have your watch in your snuff box. Cause I stole it when I kicked your ass. And she dropped it, mic drop and left. Julie, we stand a queen. Yeah, probably don't pick a fight with an expert fencer. <laughs> this was a terrible idea, sir. Don't know why you thought that was a good idea. So then another time, <laughs> this one is hilarious too. Okay, another time she's walking down the street, just minding her own business as she usually was trying to, and this dude starts talking to her, and he says to her, I've listened to your chirping, but now tell me of your plumage, which was like the equivalent to being like, oh, I've seen like- Does your... the carpet match the curtains? Yes, <laughs> yes, Lex, yes, this is why you're here. And then, <laughs> and then- you know, she was like, don't talk to me like that. Are you crazy? So she, she got in a sword fight. Like, with I would have just told you if you asked. Yeah, she's <laughs> like, I'm respectful. <laughs> she's like, have you met me? I will tell anybody anything. I'm Julie. I don't care. <laughs> like, but you're going to talk to me crazy now. You're trying to pick a fight. So then, so this guy was with his two friends. So then she ended up kicking the two friends ass. Then <laughs> she stabbed him, the guy who was talking to her, through the shoulder so then he like so then he had to go to the hospital. So then she felt a little bad about it. She's like, damn, I really did stab that guy. That's crazy. <laughs> so, then, so then she went to the hospital and then she's talking to the guy and she's like, You wanna like hook up though? And he's like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they ended up like hooking up for a couple months. <laughs> But then for the rest of the, they stopped hooking up, but they were friends for the rest of their lives. So they just became good friends. Like, that's nice, Julie. So then, so then the other time they had was a ball, you know, really cool ball at the court. And so she went dressed as a man. So as she walked in, everyone's like, Julie's at it again. <laughs> like, they're like, look at her, those, those pants. They're like, Julie's in here in pants, everybody. This is the talk of the town. So she came in and she was flirting with all the ladies and the ladies were loving it, eating it up. So then there were three women in particular that she was really flirting with and their suitors or their whoever they came with, they were getting mad, these three dudes. Then Julie in a power move, she kissed one of the girls. Ah, she kissed her back. <laughs> So then they were like, oh, no, you're not going to disrespect us like this, Julie. So they said, we're all going to fight you. She said, no problem. You think I haven't fought three men before? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, please, this is what I do the, on a Tuesday. The audacity. I just like love just. She's amazing. New icon. <laughs> I'm saying this is an icon like this is literally, and I know, like, I remember you talking about, like, the outlaw. We were talking about archetypes and outlaw archetype. Julie is outlaw archetype. This is what yeah. we're talking about. She doesn't care. Uh, 
Can I go? Can I go? Go add her to my outlaw archetype pin board. <laughs> so she's like, so so these three dudes were like, we're gonna fight you. She's like, no problem. She fought them all. Some accounts said she killed them. We don't know, <laughs> but some accounts. Just but say- we do remember that she fought them. So yes. like, who was the more important person in this story? All we know is that Julie won. Like we don't know what happened, but she won. <laughs> so. Julie won, and apparently, and I think maybe she did kill one of them at least, because apparently Louis the Fourteenth was so entertained by this, he pardoned her on the spot. He said, "This is hilarious." <laughs> he said, "Even if you did kill one of these fools, I'm not going to put you in prison because this was the best thing I've ever seen." <laughs> I was like, "This is hilarious." So then. But then, like, the heat was on. So I think she did kill them because the heat was on. People were, like, kind of mad at her. They're like, all right, Julie, we know you're up to antics, but, like, this is a lot. You can't just kill people. I'd be out here, like, kissing girls, and then they fight you and you kill people. Like, that's, it's not about, it's not that serious. Proportional. It needs to be proportional. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, if you just got, like, a fist fight, it'd be all right. But, like, you killed somebody because you killed someone else. Like, come on. <laughs> a lot so then uh, julie was like okay no problem let me get out of paris for a little bit so she went to brussels and she's chilling in brussels and she's doing her acting thing and she's opera singing so she started messing with the elector of bavaria i don't know how high this position is but that was her new boyfriend she started messing with him i think she realized she's like all right i think i I gotta stop dating girls for a little bit because i keep getting in trouble I'm burning down buildings over women. Fuck I, boys, don't stab them. <laughs> She's like, I gotta. I think I just gotta take it down a notch. <laughs> I'm doing a lot. Let me just go back to men for a minute because I think maybe. Oh, I don't know. Women make me a little too passionate. So, <laughs> so then she started hooking with the Elector of Bavaria, but then. <laughs> another weird thing that happened so she was doing a performance and i guess into the performance her character is supposed to stab themselves but she stabbed herself for real for, like, for dramatic effect she's like method acting i'm the queen of method acting i'm gonna stab myself and the guy the elector of bavaria was like she is too i can't do this like, this woman is doing too much now like I didn't realize like I thought she was like a bit you know out there but she's out there out there and I can't like like, I can't he said oh no 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 more so then (laughs) so then I guess after this she went home and the elector's rep like came to her and offered her 40,000 francs to leave the country he's like please just go like we don't care where you go but you can't stay here anymore because like you were out there stabbing yourself and like this is just not what people do like you can't do that but apparently she kicked him down the stairs <laughs> she said take your forty thousand dollars and shove it and get out of my house <laughs> julie what are we doing so then after this she's like i guess i gotta get out of brussels so she went back to paris <laughs> she went back to her home where things had calmed down and then she just she apparently she married the guy she was supposed to marry in the beginning the the mild-mannered clerk she married him and then died like something like five years later and she was only like 30 they said oh some say 33 some say 38 but she was like or somewhere there she was young and basically she lived a fever dream and it was amazing like julie is a definition for a couple things. Number one, fuck around and find out. Definition, actually. And also, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. She said, I don't care when I die because I'm acting wild out here. I'm doing whatever I want. And you're all going to see how amazing I am. And that's the story of Julie DeJuvenet. And we stand. Yeah. We stand. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure Bad Gays did an episode on her. Okay. I, I have a vague memory of it, but... I, I love that podcast so yeah wait what's the name of that podcast bad gaze bad gaze oh i've never listened to that yeah it's about queer people in history who were not good people okay it's fascinating it. 
Okay. And, and I mean, it's it's done by two queer people. So it's great. Yeah. It's that delightful. makes you feel better about it. Yeah. Because if two straight people are talking about it, I'm like, oh, yeah, no, no it's, <laughs> it's it, if anybody, if, if anyone, but two, two hilarious gay men were doing it, like, no, but, yeah. but two hilarious gay men, like, yes, please. Absolutely. Like, then I'm definitely going to yeah. listen. I've already added it to my <laughs> list. It's no problem. I love that. So that's, yeah, the story of Julie. And she, I found this story in a book that I've talked about before. It's called Bat Rejected Princesses. Yes, it's kind of cool. This guy, he wrote these comics of princesses who were typically women who would not have been princesses in Disney and stuff because they were just wild or they were doing shit that people said they shouldn't do. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, love it. I love it. So that's our story for the week. And this brings us kind of to the end. But before we go, of course, Lex, let us know where we can find you on the internet, where you want to be found, anything upcoming that you're doing that you want to talk about. Go ahead. Yeah. The floor is yours. So you can find me at thelexritchie.com on Instagram and TikTok sometimes and Twitter sometimes as thelexritchie. And I offer tarot readings and ancestor work readings. And you said this is going to air during Pride Month, probably. So I have on my website, you can go to like the learn section. And I have a workshop called Honoring Our Queer Ancestors, which is all about working with queer ancestors. Awesome. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, yeah. You do a lot of ancestor work, which I really, really love. Yeah. And honoring our queer ancestors. Yes. Okay. So now you've heard. So please go sign up for that. Yeah. This is definitely going to be out the beginning of June. So go hang out. Go. It's Pride Month, y'all. Let's do it. Have Pride. Yes. Evoke evoke a little bit of Julie here at this Pride Month. Yes. Please be careful. When you are invoking Julie, yes, like Lex said, a little bit at a time. Don't stab people because you're kissing their girlfriends. That's not good. Maybe kiss their girlfriends if their girlfriends are cool with it, but don't stab anybody. Don't get yeah, the fights. Leave the knives at home. <laughs> Do kiss people, though. Do kiss people. Have a good time. As long as we're all consenting, we're having a great time, but just, like, don't kill anybody. And, I mean, if you do stab somebody through the shoulder and you want to sleep with them, that's fine. But maybe don't stab them through the shoulder first. <laughs> like, just, you know, have a conversation and then do that. It's like, do it the, the way we normally do. You know, okay, let's let's do that. Okay. <laughs> so, and one more time, just so you guys all know, my name's Ashley, and this is Dying with the Divine. And like I said, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and you can give us a five-star rating if you like the podcast. And if you want to follow me, I'm Sankofa HS. So that's S-A-N-K-O-F-A-H-S on Instagram, and I'm Sankofa Healing Sanctuary on Facebook. And thank you all for being awesome and being here and listening to this story. And thank you, Lex, for coming. This was so fun. Thank you for having me. Yay! Okay, bye everybody!